Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Eagle Hour on a really cold uh, afternoon here in South Mississippi. I don't get to say this often, Luke, but it's cold and snowing slightly here in Hattiesburg as we kick off the Eagle Hour. Cold as well, I'm guessing, where you are. Snowing, big flakes. The bricks, uh, paved streets of downtown Laurel, a little ice here and there. But, man, it's, uh, as my dad would say, it's a tad bit airish outside today. (laughs) No, it's cold. You know, it reminds me of that time, man, you were at the uh, Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Last time I remember it being this cold was that day. Yeah, but we were in the press box eating shrimp and grits and bread pudding, <laughs> donut bread pudding. So we weren't like their other Southern Miss fans uh, suffering no. 30 mile hour winds on no. the other side of the stadium. No, I had a lot of admiration for those folks that day. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios, of course, in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're going to bring Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation on the show here momentarily. Want to remind you, though, about Dickie's Barbecue. What a great day. To have some hot, fresh barbecue. They're cooking it right now at Dickie's here in Hattiesburg, right next to the Turtle Creek Mall. You can enjoy it seven days a week in their dining room. You can drive through and uh, pick it up and take it home, or they'll even bring it to your house and drop it off at your front door. However you choose to get it, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. All right, as we said, extremely cold here in South Mississippi today and snow uh, lightly hitting the studio windows here in Hattiesburg. What an unusual scene this is. Uh, not long from now, it'll be like 154 in the parking lot outside. So uh, we're going to enjoy this while we can. Heath Hinton's with us from Big Gold Nation. And Heath, I'm, I'm guessing it's not warm where you are either. No, it's not. It's cold. And, and, you know, you talk about the Independence Bowl, maybe the best press box food I've ever had. I was there too. That may be the best press box meal. That yeah. I ever that I ever got to eat. I don't know about you guys. Well, that now that I think about it, you had dinner with Luke and I one night at um, at uh, at a place where they were having a, a, a walk pre- ons. Yeah, a press it dinner. Walk on same food. Yeah, right. It was the same place. It was. Yeah, that's when I became a walk on fan. Yeah, that's when I realized what really cold weather was, and and now it's uh, <laughs> now it's come here. All right, well, Heath, uh, they say they're going to play baseball this weekend, but honest to goodness, I. You know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss today announced that they were moving their Friday openers back to Saturday. Supposed to start getting a little warmer uh, when the weekend gets here. Uh, Your thoughts, I mean, uh, are they really going to play baseball in 40-degree weather uh, Friday afternoon? Do you think it may be possible we see the Southern Miss-Northwestern series move back? You know, of all the things I thought Southern Miss would postpone games for, cold weather would not be one of them. Um I don't know if they're going to postpone it or not. I do know this. If I'm a batter, I am praying to the baseball gods that I do not take one off the handles because that might 
Yeah. That might be, oh, that would be terrible. Um, I don't know if they're going to change it or not. It'll be interesting to see, but man, going out to the peak and watching some baseball in some 40 degree weather, I don't know if we've ever thought this would happen. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is really, really cold. Your thoughts about the series, though? I th- it is going to be reasonably warmer. I think mid fifties on Saturday, and then up in the sixties again Sunday. So that that'll be fine. But your thoughts about this opener? I, I think Northwestern State will put up some competition for the Golden Eagles. I do too. I think uh, I think what Coach Barry wants to see from his team is how they compete. Um, see how this lineup looks. Of course, uh, we kind of know uh, Charlie Fisher may not be uh, playing this week, so he's probably going to get Slade Wilt. Not Slade Wilkes, I'm sorry, Chris Sargent at first. Want to see how the lineup works, but man, I was thinking about it today. You look at that lineup, there's no holes in it. There are no holes in that lineup from one to nine. Count the DH, and then you look at the pitching. This might be Coach Barry's best team he's ever had at Southern Miss. When you can put out 21, 22 arms, and you've got depth in the lineup like he has, and just guys that can field. Now he's got the combination. He can play small ball if he wants to, but now he's got some guys. You look at it in Sargent. I mean, it's like Wilkes that can really hit the ball out of any part of the park at any time. So there's some pop in the lineup. There's some small ball, great pitching, a back end that should be pretty dominant. I mean, this is a... This is a scary good Southern Miss baseball team this year. Yeah, no question. Luke Johnson, is there a danger in, in, in throwing your pitchers much in really cold weather like what we would likely see if they played Friday? I mean, they'll just be smart with it. You don't. And at the beginning of the season, you're not going to throw a, a guy probably a complete game anyway. Nick Sandlin probably, probably could have done that at one time. But, yeah, I mean, you're just looking for a quality outing. They're all going to be on pitch counts, I assume, early in the season. And, you know, so I, I wouldn't think anybody would run deep. And as he said, with 21 arms in the bullpen, you've got options, you know, to be able to uh, to be able to, to carry a game out. Heath, um, I, I don't know about uh, the, the lineup spots per se. I feel like uh, based off what Coach Barry said yesterday, we will see Sargent probably in the three-hole or the four-hole. But let me just give you my starting positions, and you just critique me, okay? If this is just Luke Johnson's shot. In the dark, not knowing what he might do. I'm going to start in the outfield first. Montenegro in left, Trimble in center, Wilkes in right, Lynch at third base, Dickerson at uh, short, McGillis at second, Sargent at first. I would assume Gabe Shepard would pitch, and then Andrew Stanley behind the plate. Tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, I think you've got the field right. I think pitching-wise, we don't know the rotation yet, uh, unless – you know, he's come out and said uh, he's going to start. That's who's going to start first game. You know, Stan, uh, Stanley's moving the pitcher, too, so he may start him the first game and have Walker and uh, Gabe coming in behind him. You just don't know. Is he going to go with the lefty? He always wants the lefty uh, in his lineup. Is he going to have Boyd start one of the games? You just don't know what they're going to do pitching-wise yet. But as far as fielding, I believe you're 100% right. I think that's where they stand and. Uh, that's why I'm saying this is a team that can field, can hit, can throw. I'm excited about watching them. As far as the DH, uh, maybe Fisher Norris, maybe Carson Pato, 
the, the kid from uh, PRCC, he's also expected to play third base. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his last name. Wayne or, or Wine, Michael Wine, Michael Wayne. He's from Alpharetta, Georgia. Who are some other guys we might see in the DH spot uh, this weekend? Now, it's, it's so hard to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, Blake Johnson, a guy that you could see uh, in the DH hole. As I said, it, it, I just you don't know yet because you think that DH, he wants power, and Johnson, a guy that can give you power. Maybe you have a DH, you uh, swap off your catcher. Just throwing that out there, you might have uh, Andrew Stanley catch one game and DH the next. Maybe they have a two-for-one deal where they give the catcher a rest, but the other one is a DH. I think you can see something like that this weekend. You know, Heath, we got used a couple, just a couple of years ago to watching the Golden Eagles basically play bash ball where they could just hit home runs, you know, ferociously in any inning and just blow games out as they often did uh, in the latter part of games. This is going to be a team that hits better than maybe what we've seen the last year or so, but still this is going to be a team that uh, gets a lot of base hits, right? It's not going to be – quite like uh, we got used to seeing where we might hit three or four home runs every game. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't think they're going to be the team that had, you know, Walter, Slater, and all them guys that would just hit them in the hit them in the Catholic Church parking lot. But I do think there's some guys in this lineup that could rake it, that could hit the baseball out of the park. I also think there's guys in the lineup that are just pure line drive hitters and know how to handle themselves at the plate. I think you're going to see a lot more small ball, like we saw last year. Uh, a lot of small ball, a lot of good pitching. This, the difference this season is there's a lot more power on the team. So you add a little bit of power to what they were doing at the plate last year. And, I mean, I don't think you're going to see the amount of home runs you've seen in the past, but I don't think you're going to see as few home runs as was hit last season. Yeah. I mean, McGillis at second base can go. Can, it has power. Lynch has power. Will. Sergeant, uh, but Johnson is standing. There's some guys that can can rake and, and put the thunder, put a charge in the ball. So I do think you're going to see some more home runs, but I think you're still going to see guys that are able to move batters over. That if you get two strikes in the count, you can you can go up there and ask them, say, "Hey, I need you to just put the ball in play and advance the runner." Whereas in years past, you may not have had that option. Yeah, I still say, though, the dramatic home runs in baseball are the most exciting play in sports. So uh, that's just my opinion. But the more home runs, the better, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Northwestern baseball coach Bobby Barbier will be on the show Thursday. Thursday at 1 o'clock, we'll hear from the opposing coach and what he hopes to bring to the peak this weekend. It just feels so good to say baseball is just around the corner. All right, we're going to keep Heath around a little extra today. Going to talk some basketball. We're still playing that sport and uh, some other Southern Miss stuff right after this. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Might be a good day to shop online since it's like 47 below zero here in South Mississippi. You can do that at campusbookmark.net 24-7 and have whatever you pick out delivered right to your house. Or if you want to brave the outdoors today, they're open, I'm sure. And uh, they're located right across the street from the campus on Hardy Street, Monday through Saturday, Campus Bookmark. All right, we're talking to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Uh, Heath, you got a pretty interesting interview coming up on uh, on your page here. Yeah, I'm actually talking to uh, Coach Will Hall's wife, Miss Rebecca Hall. I'll be doing that this afternoon. Looking forward to uh, talking to her about, you know, a lot of people don't take into consideration what it's like for the families of coaches and, and what coaches' wives have to do and uh, they coaches spend a lot of time away from home recruiting. They spend a lot of time coaching, and uh, we'll talk to her about the life as a as a coach and and how that is, and talk about you know with family what all the roles she has to take. So it should be interesting. I remember back from my years of covering sports, uh, I did see a couple instances where it was brought home to me how much pressure the wives and the family of coaches feel. Uh, particularly the wives. I remember seeing a couple really upset after a, a tough loss on the road, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's more strenuous than people realize. We, we we always look at the guys that are making the huge money, but there are a lot of guys uh, in coaching not really making massive money, but still, uh, you know, they have to move a lot. Uh, they're they're never in one location very long, and a lot of pressure on their on their families as well as the coaches, right? Sure is, and and the families, you know, they hear, they hear the fans. Uh, a lot of times, people may see a coach's wife and get upset at them, and you know, probably the wrong person to do that too. They don't have, but they have to take it. And a lot of people don't think about that. There's a lot of stress that comes to being a coach's wife or, or a child of a coach. You have to have some thick skin. You really do. Right. Assistant basketball coach Kyle Rohn is going to be on the show tomorrow. And right now, he's fair to say that the basketball coaches at Southern Miss are feeling a little pressure. Uh, I think so. But, guys, let's just – it's been a tough season. Um, maybe not as good as a lot of people have wanted. I really know for a fact it's not as good as the staff has wanted. But this is a rebuilding project. This is kind of what you kind of have to understand that may happen. You've got guys in that – you didn't get a regular season to practice. You had to rush practice together. They really didn't get a chance to mend uh, together as a group. And, and, look, this thing happens. Once that – this team needs something good to happen to them. They need a win or something because once they lost two or three, four games in a row, it started the snowball story going downhill and – you know, they got a great chance to snap out of it this weekend and next weekend with a series because they're playing two teams that are that are not good at all, so they have a good chance to do some big things, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's been a tough year. Luke? Heath, what's uh, – after this past weekend, you know, just on some of the social medias, and we call them keyboard warriors, keyboard geniuses, next-level geniuses in some places – um, they uh, people just were really frustrated, and I think the common theme that I was reading was 
people kind of see the team doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, they've been riding Jay, and, and thankfully some fire extinguishers come in there and say, man, it's just he's only been on the job a year and a half. I guess to sum up, an adjective to describe watching this team this year with you or the performance of this team, and why do you think sometimes you just kind of see the same stuff, 29 turnovers in two games um, this weekend? Why do you keep seeing that continue? It's mental. It's a mental thing to me. I think at this point of the season, it is mental because, you know, they're supposedly coaching this. And I think it's more of a mental aspect, a young team, a team that hasn't played together. You look at the teams that are doing well in Conference USA, it's not the teams that have a bunch of new pieces. It's the teams that are senior-ridden and have a lot of the guys that have returned this year, which is kind of normal anyway, but especially in a, in a year that this has taken place. I still think maybe some of the guys that Coach Ladner bought in may not have developed like they wanted. Uh, there's a couple of guys that that's taken longer to develop. Uh, take uh, Johnson. Man, it's taken him a while this season, but the past three or four games, he's been outstanding on the court. Yeah. Probably been the bright spot. Uh, it'd be nice to have that earlier in the season. I think they've had players that haven't performed the way they thought they would. Uh I mean, look, let's talk like it is. Drain has struggled from the field this year. And he's not shot the ball like he has in the past. I don't think the coaches expected that. And it's not like a lot of times they lose. They get in a big hole at the beginning of the game because they miss shots. It's slow starts that kill them. And then they battle their way back into it. But they're down so far that, you know, you can only battle so much. And every game, it seems like, okay, we're going to get down 14, 15 points, and we're going to battle back in the six points by half, and then come back out in the second half flat, go down 15, battle back, get close towards the end of the game, and lose. It's just yeah. a common occurrence. And some, sometimes that's on the players. Sometimes it's on the coaches. But I think a lot of it is just, you know, players – that taken a while to develop, and then some players that haven't played as well. And there's no question about it. Some players haven't played as well. Yeah, you look at the standings right now, Southern Miss at 3-11 and at the bottom of the West, and the 14 teams in the league, the top 12 go, but it's the top six from each division. You look at the East, uh, man, there's a 3-5 and FAU, 3-9 and Middle Tennessee, and 2-12 and FIU. Southern Miss uh, has two teams coming up, FIU, who's the, the bottom team in the conference, and then FAU, who's 3-5. and The only way I guess Southern Miss can make the conference tournament is they're going to have to win out. UTEP and Rice are both 6-8 and eight, uh, above Southern Miss in the West, so Southern Miss has to overtake one of them. Now, I, you told me this off air. It doesn't look like UTEP uh, would, would do that. They play FIU and Charlotte, but let me tell you this. Rice has Marshall, and then Rice has Louisiana Tech. So if Southern Miss were to sweep and Rice were to get swept in those two series, Southern Miss would overtake Rice because any way Southern Miss finishes, even they would get UTEP and Rice would, would get a tiebreaker. Um, what happens, Heath? What, what's your kind of what would Jay Ladner be looking at if they don't make the conference tournament? Uh, what would kind of be his evaluation of the season going into next year, and maybe to give Golden Eagles, you know, some some uh, room to to hope that they're going to improve. I think he's going to look for a point guard who can shoot. I think maybe another shooter. Uh, it just depends on how many scholarships he has available. How many guys come back? How many guys don't come back? Uh, that's going to be dependent on him. He, I think he may have two or three 
if he does, you can look at a big, a shooter, and a point guard to bring in. I know they're actively looking right now. I think point guard is a situation that they really need to uh, look at. I don't think Pierre is a point guard. I think he's a two, so with Hardy. They need a true point guard that can come in and run the offense too many times. Uh, watch games. Our ball carriers are getting pressured because they know we have a problem getting the ball down the court. Uh, but just just to, to jump in real quick there, why why isn't why isn't Tay Hardy the answer at point guard? What did we learn this year about Tay Hardy that he won't play that going forward? I just don't think. I think he's better. I think he's a better player. He's not a guy that is not good at assists. I think he's better at getting the ball to him and letting him create a shot, not setting up the offense. A lot of times he's very good at, at right around the uh, free throw line, and he's pretty good at uh, driving to the basket. But he's not a guy that that you have to have to set up the offense. I think he's a guy that is likes to have the ball set up for him to make plays. I think he's more comfortable that way. Pierre is a guy who, another guy, once again, who can create his own shot. And when he's hot, he can shoot. We've seen that this year. But as far as being a point guard, neither one of those guys are really point guards. I think you're going to see Coach Ladner go get one. And those are hard to find, by the way. Point guards are the most difficult position to recruit in college basketball. Because every team wants them, and there's only so many out there. Uh, Heath, about a minute left. Uh, use that time to comment on the women's team. Uh, they probably still in the hunt to get in the uh, tournament. Am I right? Oh, sure, they are. No, no question. They're going to make it. I think now it's just more of along the line of of what, where they where they end up. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Where they end up. Uh, it's. They're a team that you see spurts of, of being a really good team, and then you see how young they actually are. I mean, a lot of their leading scores for them are freshmen. So, uh, but yeah, I think they're good. I mean, they're two games up on UAB in the West, uh, and actually four games up on UTSA. UTSA hasn't even won a, a game to see. So I feel really good that they're going to make the tournament, the conference UTSA tournament. But it's seeding. Um, and look, you don't know how that's going to end up. They may end up as a, with the way things are looking, they could end up as a six seed all the way to like a, a nine seed. There we go. So that seeding makes a big difference right now. All right, Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, everybody. Heath, as always, we appreciate your input. Uh, looking forward to having you back on the show again next week. Thank you, guys. Stay warm now. Y'all have a good one. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's great to visit with Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. You can sign up and be an insider today, southernmiss.rivals.com. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation, appearing every Tuesday on the Eagle Hour. Third segment brought to you by 
4th Street Bar and Grill. On this Fat Tuesday, you never know what they're going to serve for that eight ninety five lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill. They had hamburger steak. They had king cake for dessert today. And they will be having meatball subs uh, tomorrow for lunch. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. On a frigid day in South Mississippi, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel, Bob Getty in Hattiesburg, Kelly John Sanner joins us. On the phone, Kelly, for guys like me and you, every Tuesday's fat, yeah? This is this is uh, kind of my patron saint holiday, as it were. Yeah, Fat Tuesday, where you know we, we celebrate our our thinly challenged uh, people around the world. You know, we're, we're celebrated today. So, but but you know what? Even if we weren't in a COVID state, I don't think there'd be many people in New Orleans out shirtless today. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there might be. There might be. Yeah, there might be. Kelly, people are working I, indoors today, huh, Bob? Yeah, I have to tell you, Kelly. It's a uh, now. You you were a TV guy, and of course, you were you were like a, a star. You were like the sports guy and the studio guy. Us us sublings that were reporters back in the day. We actually got out and covered stuff, and and I'm picking with you. I know that you did the you did the same thing. So I thought of you last night. I found it very amusing. I, I was going to watch the local news because I want, you know, to see about the weather and what have you. And uh, one of the young millennial reporters for Channel 7 TV did her reporting on the ice storm from outside of her apartment because she said it was so cold that she was working at home as best she could. <laughs> I started laughing. My wife asked me what I was laughing about, and I said, well, we've reached the stage where when it's cold, the the news reporters work from home, uh, as opposed to actually being out in the storm, getting video and covering the storm. And uh, then they were asking viewers to send them pictures of the frozen roads and trees. So life's easier today as a news reporter than when you and I were in the game, Kelly. So I, so I guess what you're saying is is we don't need reporters. We can just get people to to Well, yeah, I mean, we could get the people the viewers to send in all the video and the reporters could step outside of their apartment, do a quick stand up on the front porch and go back inside. <laughs> yeah, the whole purpose of being a reporter is to be people's eyes and ears, you know. Not, it not was unbelievable. In, I mean, the weather channel people can even stand out in hurricanes with with winds Correct. at 150 miles an hour, Correct. but we can't get people to stand out there because it's 15 degrees. And bless her young heart, she said with total seriousness twice at her report, "I'm doing my best to work from home. <laughs> so, bless you, child. I hope that I was going to the sacrifices they make, Bob. But, but <laughs> it, in fairness, in parts of Mississippi today, the U.S. Postal Service uh. has suspended mail delivery. Now, back in the day, again, you millennials might you can Google this. I think it used to be <laughs> the U.S. Postal Service slogan was "Nothing will keep them from delivering the mail: not rain, not sleet, nor snow, nor dark of night." Well, scratch that now. (laughs) (laughs) They're working from home, too, like the young reporter. They're all working from home today. (laughs) But a lot of people are are shuffling the deck because of the cold. You guys mentioned a little bit earlier that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have moved their baseball openers to Saturday instead of Friday, albeit one day. But they are moving it back to Saturday at the State Farm College Showdown in Texas. Ole Miss will now open against TCU on Saturday. Mississippi State will play Texas on Saturday over there in the in the Dallas area. Meanwhile, in the latest Massey baseball ratings, the Massey baseball power ratings, 
Louisiana Tech is still ranked as the number one team in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. You know, most other polls have Southern Miss as the top team in the conference. But, of course, Scott Barry and the guys don't mind that maybe La Tech is ranked ahead of them. It's good billboard material and something to shoot for. But the Massey ratings has Louisiana Tech ranked 40th in the country. Southern Miss ranked 64th. That's just that, that, teams, that's ridiculous, isn't it, Kerry? Six, Kelly, 64th in the country. Come on. Well, I Come you know on. I, I I think it's way too low. Yeah, but but you know they'll have a chance to they'll have a chance yeah. to prove themselves. Now, interestingly, you guys, some other teams with some Southern Miss flavor, Louisiana Monroe, who's coached by Coach Federico, who used to be at Southern Miss, they check in at fifty second. So they're according to the Massey ratings, they're between Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. The Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe ranked fifty second, and there's a there's a school that really needs some good athletic news. Um, and Texas A&M, where Chad Kaye now is, who was a former assistant at Southern Miss, they're ranked 13th in the country. But, of course, they're from that conference of where course, all yes. you have to do is walk and chew gum at the same time, and you'll be, you know, in the in the top 20. Right. So, right. anyway, let's see. What else is going on? Um, some, some sad news out of the Southern Miss basketball family. A member of the first Southern Miss team to ever go to the NCAA tournament, the 1990-91 team, Russell Johnson has passed away. He was on that team with Darren uh, Jenkins, Darren Chancellor, Clarence Weatherspoon, among others. That was the 90-91 team. He was there for two years. He averaged 12 points a game and about five assists. Russell Johnson passed away, and Southern Miss basketball fans sending their condolences to Russell and his family. And in basketball, the latest Massey basketball rating, Southern Miss, of course, heading to FIU this weekend. And the Masseys has those two teams Pretty close together. Actually, the Eagles ranked ahead of the Panthers. Southern Miss at 252 and Florida International at 263. And the top team in Conference USA, according to the Masseys, in basketball is Western Kentucky at 72. We mentioned that 72 number because, you know, the NCAA tournament has, what, 66 teams? And with Western Kentucky coming in at 72, it, it just goes to reinforce that point that we've always said. The Conference USA is going to get one team uh, in the tournament. Um, as good as we think you know, Western Kentucky is, it really doesn't matter. It just looks like Conference USA is still a one-team league, although they are getting the conference as a whole. Gets some pretty good love from the Massey ratings, uh, ranked 13th out of the 30 leagues across the country. Um, but nonetheless... You know, Western Kentucky, the top-ranked team at 72nd. So, a little bit about a lot of things. Cold, cold, cold across Where? the country. A lot of high school baseball being pushed back because of the cold. So, anyway. Yeah, we were supposed to call some some Jones County games. Hey, those got pushed back. Where is Louisiana Tech in, in the Massey ratings? 40. Basketball. Oh, in basketball. I didn't uh, I didn't, I didn't. check them. Western Kentucky, like I said, was top at, at 72 so I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just guessing. looking at some of these teams in in the West. Latex ten and four. They're seventeen and six overall. They have a, actually a better overall record than than Western Kentucky. UAB sixteen and four overall. And I assume you know, like you said, all those are just going to be NIT teams. But I mean, you're going to have uh, a couple of those teams that make twenty, twenty two, twenty three wins and not get in the tourney. Yeah, but you got some of these uh, other schools. Well, take take Drake for example, out of the Missouri Valley. Drake is not a team that you hear a lot from usually, but, I mean, they've racked up like 22 wins so far this year. So so for the teams like we've talked about the struggles of Kentucky and, and 
you know, North Carolina schools like that this year, but they're going to be replaced by some of these schools like Drake, and it'll be an opportunity for some of these other schools that you don't hear a lot from uh, to be in be in the tournament this year. But it's um, you know, all the, all the games going to be played there in the in the Indianapolis area. So again, although we're starting to make some progress toward this COVID thing, uh, it's still going to be a, a different look kind of tournament. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. And at Conference USA, we'll get you know one team. Uh, in the tournament. <clears throat> Kelly, what happened to all the big semi-pro basketball programs this year? North Carolina, Duke, all those schools, Kentucky. What happened to them? Well, you've got to have a lot of school, And a lot of these coaches now are beginning to question the opt-out you know, thing for COVID. One of the coaches uh, tweeted today, you know, is, is opting out just a, a millennial way of saying I quit, a, a more politically correct way of saying I quit uh, when things don't go your way and the, the increased numbers in the transfer portal as well um and of course with a lot of those programs too are one and done because they get the the really premier high school athletes who have no intention of staying there two or three years they want to go you know make their money and get into the nba so those programs are going to be a little bit more affected um than others one interesting note um on the college scene today guys the university of iowa out of the big 10 has announced it is dropping four men's sports because of COVID shortfalls, they're dropping men's swimming and diving. They're also dropping uh, the tennis program and one other of the men's programs. And uh, they will actually have now more women's programs than men's. And uh, when the athletic director was actually questioned about it, he said he wouldn't dream of dropping women's programs for fear of being sued. So you don't think that this litigious society that we live in today is a factor when making decisions it clearly is. Well, as I told you, though, Kelly, there's a there's a silver lining there. The guys on the tennis team can just suddenly identify as women, and I guess they can go play on that team, right? And go as the worst player on the men's team to winning the conference championship in singles. Correct. On, on, Correct. on the women's side. Yeah. Well, I, I know you're kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek, Bob, but, it, but that is going to be the next um, – Right kettle of fish that they're going to have to deal with and, and already have, you know, in, in some different professional sports or amateur sports, you know, at the Olympic level, they're going to have to start dealing with that as time goes on. Oh, for thank sure. you, right. All right, so, Kelly, uh, we've got one more segment, then I'm going to go work from home. <laughs> we'll be yeah, right. Yeah, you, you, we'll try, try. <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the premier place for training and baseball and softball instruction in the Pine Belt. Go see them today. Maybe not today because it's uh, ice on the roads, but see them tomorrow. Go see them uh, quickly. They can help you in, in all phases of training and get your kids schooled up for baseball and softball season. DBAT D1 Training, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, just to recap a few more things from yesterday, volleyball fell in straight sets to Rice in the opening weekend of conference play. Uh, Lady Eagles defeated 25-16, 25-16, 25-12. And so they start off 0-2 in the conference, get ready uh, next Sunday and Monday against Louisiana Tech in Ruston. Men's golf completed the Mobile Bay Intercollegiate yesterday in Mobile, Alabama. Junior golfer Brian Richards uh, shot a second-round 74 to lead the Golden Eagles. Eagles finished 13th overall. Illinois uh, def- won the tournament at a 12-under 276. So uh, Golden Eagles looking to uh, to continue uh, in men's golf. I'm sorry. I just totally botched that. The third round's going on today. So uh, Golden Eagles still got a chance to, to come up in, in the field. All right, guys, um, this is for Kelly and for Bob, I guess, to gloat and Kelly and me to moan. A report out now from 24-7 Sports that the top landing spot or one of the top landing spots for recently released Houston, Texas defensive tackle J.J. Watt, who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Mm. Kelly, listen to that. It's amazing how when you win the Super Bowl, everybody wants to go there. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Funny how that works. Suddenly Tampa's the place to be, right? Yeah, and that's bad news for you, Luke, because they're in the same division with uh, with the Hudak. We'll beat them. We just can't beat them in the playoffs. We can beat them in the regular season. Probably will, but I'm just just saying, you know, I'm I'm just – there was talk that he – might wind up in Pittsburgh, and that would put him in the division with the Bengals, not like the Steelers would need any help beating the Bengals anyway, but I'm just saying that would just be more bad news for, you know, more bad news for Cincinnati fans, all five of us. Um, huh. Hey, are we get, we're working on getting, uh, uh, and I always mess up his last name, Rakeem Noches on, uh, on the program, right? I don't know. Are you, Kelly? So the man, okay, okay my, I'll do that if I if that's on my plate. I'll uh, I'll, I'll get working got, on it. Got to clear that stuff with Tampa Bay. Remember, uh, right. the cheerleader could come you, on. See if you get Brady while you're at it, uh, Kelly. Can you do that too? Yeah, you think we get Brady and Gronk and yeah, I'd love to talk to Gronk and Brady. That'd be awesome. Now you guys are going to have to handle the Brady thing because I've got something certified mail. Something about a uh, something about a restraining order. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we understand, Kelly. Yeah, we understand. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that would be great. That would be, you know, more more good defensive players for Tampa. That's uh, I think exactly what they need. Bob, I, I just wanted to make you aware of something. You know, uh, Kelly's been selling his house, and so uh, I, I looked it up on on Zillow. Yeah, there's a Bengals flag out front, which probably why. Many people haven't looked at the house. They see that Bengals flag and, and they go the opposite direction. But yeah. inside the kitchen, there is there is a case of that two dollar wine that that he bought oh, you. I mean, it's just oh. kind of sitting out in the open. And uh, there's there's a, a backgammon uh, chess set on on the table, pots and pans in the kitchen that he never uses. I mean, th- yeah. this is an exclusive yeah. look at the life of hey, Kelly. Luke, Santa. If, you're, if you're if you're looking in my house right now on the internet, I'm going to the front door. And I'm going to splash something with my hand. What is look that? Right uh, what is that address, Luke? Give me how that again. <laughs> what, uh, am I, no. what am I? What am I flashing right now with my hand, Luke? Is it... <laughs> <laughs> These no, were pictures taken on a sunny one. day, Kelly. Right. Yeah, it's, no. it's 
it's not I'm number one, I'll tell you that. You had all the women's clothing put up when they took those pictures that day, didn't you, Kelly? I didn't realize that the Bengal, that'll lower the property value if that Bengal flag is up, won't it? Yeah, no kidding. Or people will just have sympathy for you. It's, it's a nice house, well, Kelly. It's a really maybe, nice house. Maybe that would work out. Maybe did he really? Did he really have a Bengals flag hanging in front of his house? There maybe? really is. Okay, there's a picture of the of of the master closet. Okay, and I can't zoom in, but at the top of the master closet, among a bunch of hats, it looks like a jester's hat with Mardi Gras colors on it. So that's intriguing. <laughs> I didn't even want to know. I didn't even want to know about it, Kelly. Man, what 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 have they got on the internet on my stuff there? Man, this is a little scary. <laughs> doesn't have any, it doesn't have any well never mind. No, no, we're on no, no. no, you're yeah. you're good. You're you're really good. Um I was I was actually messing with you about the Bengals flag. It's actually, it's actually like a some type of Revolutionary War uh, American flag out front. So you're you're repping properly. But there really is, it looks like a jester's hat in Mardi Gras color in the top of your master closet. If it was a Bengals flag, I know when it was, it was when they beat the Titans this year. That was like yeah. the only quality. How about had. that tinfoil suit you wore at that deal downtown? Is that hanging in your closet somewhere, Kelly? Yeah, I got that from the, uh, from the who the people, the people that made those uh Mobile homes up in Iowa—they look like big Titan potatoes. homes. Um, <laughs> this is—you can—you can tell that it was a very, very cold day, news-wise uh, and weather-wise. <laughs> yeah, but look, you guys—do we get—do we get free passes out to the uh, uh, Jody Lot, and then do they give out to the roost when baseball season starts? Uh, not, not, for you. Uh, not for you, Kelly. Special invite. Hey, Bob, real quick, big show tomorrow, right? Huge show. Absolutely, tomorrow. Kyle Rome, basketball coach Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun Herald, and football coach Chad. Williams all on the Eagle Hour tomorrow wow. o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.